Bonin Cast, Product Innovation and UX Design with Bonanza Design. Hello everyone and welcome to UX Boost Camp. Today we welcome back last week's guest, Nariman Gassemi, as we continue our dive into the world of UX game design. So welcome again, Nariman, and thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to join you guys again. Um, okay, so today we will talk about the career as a UX game designer, um, the job search scene and everything our listeners should know uh, if that's the path they want to follow. So with that in mind, I'd like to start with a little question. Imagine I'm a UX student. I just finished uh, my university or a boot camp or something like this or a course. And I heard about UX game design. I heard it's really cool. And I think it's like perfect for me. I love gaming. I'm, I have a passion for, for video games and PC games, but I don't know where to start. So what would be my next steps? What should I do? Okay, very good question. Uh... Basically, for the design uh, area in game, uh, there is a very solid way to start to get into game dev overall and especially in the design uh, area of the game dev. Uh, and that path is starting with become a, a game QA, quality assurance. So basically, this way uh, you start to get to know uh, the whole industry and how the whole development of the game works out and it's a very good place to start like uh most of the designers that i know uh they uh, they all started uh, from being a qa and uh when they were sure about like yeah this is like the path they uh, want to continue in uh then they just uh, become or intern or junior uh designer in both game design or UX design. And uh, because in QA, you actually get to work with the designers, you get to work with the programmers and artists. Uh, you get to check out uh, different parts of the design and implementation, and you uh, become aware of like, what's the steps of the different uh, aspect of the implementation and because you get to check them actually. So you're like directly working with all of those aspects. Uh, so, uh, and basically uh, you can focus on some uh, parts of the game as a QA, because if you are a part of the big game or big project, this is uh, what happens naturally with the QA team. Like uh, they assign different people for different parts. So we have like tech QA, we have art QA, we have uh, user experience QA. Uh, so I highly suggest that uh, going to user experience QA to get uh, uh, opportunity to work with designers basically to know what's the intention of the design and why certain decision made. Uh, and you can always give feedback and uh, know the reasoning behind the rules and the system in the game this way. And uh, and on the side, I highly suggest to start like having a small project by yourself, like you know the, the small mobile games or various small games, just playing around in the engine and just uh, focusing on the. Uh, UI and UX side of it. And so that's, I have a similar question to that. Uh, let's say we are in the UX industry already. So let's say I have, I don't know, two years of experience and I see that I would like to uh, try to move to a game design. And the question is, I have actually a couple, a two on two questions is this are, are like our employees, employers, looking at this um, at the skills that I've learned during my UX designer career? Is it like is it okay, or they like just totally don't care and they're like focused more on like their like side side projects, like game side projects and so on? So like the moving to a game industry is it like okay for ux designers what should i do 
Yeah, uh, the thing is that the principles uh, are same, basically, for both uh, game UX and app or product uh, or web page UX. So there are, like, uh, principles there. There are, like, uh, different rules of design, of, like, I don't know, rule of proximity or guest law, and uh, those are, like, same. Uh, but uh, to gain experience how... UI and UX works in games, uh, I suggest to first start doing some maybe freelance work because uh, most of the games doesn't require full-time uh, UI UX designer. They're like small games uh, and they have very uh, minimal UI uh, <clears throat> because the game main gameplay, it's uh, the interaction of the like a game board, not menus. So you can start being a, a game UI UX designer as a freelancer, and there's a lot of job posting for that because, as I said, like a small games doesn't require a full-time uh, UI designer, so they're just uh, willing to outsource a lot of uh, UI works. And uh, this way, you can get to know um, what is the requirements of the game. So basically, you know the principle, you know the fun- uh, fundamental knowledge about UX design, uh, you have some experience, uh, you know, some challenges in the general UX design, and now it's a good time to uh, being hands-on on uh, UI of the game because it has uh, some more uh, depth, it's, it can be a little more complex, uh, and uh, this way I think would be better because if you're like be just being the UX designer, like for the apps and web page, and you approach a, a game development studio, uh, this thing that they're not gonna be sure that you can uh, deliver what the mm-hmm. games requires, like because it's a very uh, harsh environment, basically not in the matter of like the uh, the working environment, but uh, like the amount of the work and iteration that is required. Because, for example, the design can completely change for uh, various reasons in the uh, middle of the process. So you need to be willing to like, uh, you know, delete all of your work and start from the scratch uh, all over. And this can happen several times in the project. So, uh, the game development studios actually need to know that you are familiar with this part of the job and this part of in- industry. And also they need to know that you know how UI and UX works in the game. You know the limitation of the engines and limitation that comes from the tech side, from the game design side, from the art side. So uh, yeah, I highly suggest if you have already experienced, you can just start doing a freelance job uh, and then build up your portfolio and go to a full-time position at the big studio. So the important note from this is to take it gradually and slowly, not just abandon your current job and try to fit into the gaming industry because that would be pretty hard. Yes. Mm, yes. Okay. And since you, since you talk already started talking about uh, the whole industry and harsh things about it. Can you elaborate about it? Because I've heard, um, especially it's maybe a pretty similar thing to a VHX industry in movies. I know that's pretty harsh industry as because there are like amount of hours you need to put, uh, into the project and like harsh deadlines and unfortunately not a huge amount of money that you will receive from it. It's pretty harsh. And I think it's like the VHX industry is in pretty bad place. So I I wanted you to elaborate on the gaming industry and what's the place that we're currently in. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's a very big topic. Uh, It's uh, been been a very hot topic for the past at least decade uh, because game industry is the very new industry compared to other industries, even compared to cinema and movie industry. So uh, uh, the developers start to learn how they need to do it. First, like 
in 80s and 90s, uh, it was like full passion driven industry. So people with a very high amount of passion was doing uh, overtime works and like uh, putting aside everything in their life and just focusing on developing the games. Uh, but, uh, and that attitude uh, kind of uh, transferred to new generation. And when the industry start to shape as a very big industry, but still that attitude and uh, that kind of a behavior, passionate, passion driven behavior was still there because like the veterans work that way, but uh, doesn't mean, didn't mean that the, the uh, new generation should also do that. Uh, so we are in this, uh, era that we are learning how we should do the, the whole development planning and, uh, avoiding this overtime, uh, which we call crunching in, uh, game dev. And actually it's like a very generic term, but, uh, this, this word is going around for, uh, a lot of time in the past few years. And studios starting to developing this anti-crunch uh, policies and uh, strategy, which means that uh, the planning and the whole production planning uh, is getting better and better. Uh, they are respecting the people's uh, time, and uh, and I think most of the studios uh, successfully managed to uh, eliminate this crunching. But the thing is that. Uh, as in the previous session, I mentioned the game, the whole game development has a lot of moving parts. And also every time we are kind of inventing something new. So uh, we don't know how we should implement uh, the whole systems that we are designing and thinking about. So this requires a lot of iteration. This requires role of uh, risk taking and being able to sacrifice a lot of your work. Uh, this is the part that makes it a little more harsh. So you can spend a lot of time both from design from, and also uh, the implementation and programming and sometimes from art because we are kind of uh, in game that we are waiting to make sure about the design and uh, implementation and then go to art phase, but still we need some art assets uh, to make sure that if the design relating to visual aspect, uh, that aspect is also uh, working. So yeah, this, this part, this like these sacrifices that you need to take on get rid of all of the, like your past two, three months of work. This is the harsh part. This is the part that, uh, can sometimes be depressing, uh, because you, before you see the results of your work, you need to get rid of it. And that's not a very good feeling. <laughs> and, but, uh, at the end, like this, this process, this is like part of the process at the end is like super rewarding because, uh, you, you know, Millions, millions of players play your game, enjoying it, and that's amazing. Uh, but in the process, uh, there are times that uh, things are not working. You should get back to the drawing board and do everything over and over. So, uh, and you're not sure uh, about the ideas on the because on the paper everything seems amazing, but uh, game design is a very practical field. So you need to actually have it and play it and test it out to see whatever idea that you had that was amazing on the paper is all is uh is it amazing when you're playing with it in the engine or not and there's a very high chance it's not gonna be good on the engine so uh, or there's gonna be like a lot of edge cases that you can't see when you uh designing on the paper they can be like a lot of a technical limitation to your design. Like you have this amazing idea and you talk with, with the programmer, the programmers are like, okay, this is going to take like at least five years to implement because we don't have the technology. So, you know, you need to be willing to uh, accept that answer basically. So you're not, you're going to be like, oh shit, well, this thing can be implemented. So I need to start over. And yeah, so this is the harsh part. So this is the part that takes a lot of time. 
uh, this uncertainty about a lot of stuff. So you need to be able to work in this uncertain void <laughs> the, till basically most of the time till the day that you release the game. And after that, you make sure that, oh, okay, it's it's working, like players enjoying it. So yeah, yeah like it's, it's not that, that, that much of good feeling to <laughs> be in this void. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that's uh, really important for all of the newcomers to realize that it's going to be stressful and chaotic, but that's the part of the experience. And I think actually uh, it's something that uh, the just a UX designer side or UX industry should learn from the game design because usually our process in most of the comp companies is pretty linear and especially in courses and so on. And that's actually a not good thing because you're just trying to design something in silo. So, and you're like not taking into consideration the real world. And once the product is gonna land, launch, uh, then it's just probably not gonna work because you're not considering the real case scenarios. So I think the iteration part, we should definitely try to do this in our app design slash web design uh, community because that's really important. And I think like we should take some chaos and like uncertainties and get familiar with it and get comfortable with it because that's that's when the great products arrive when you just try to work with it. Yeah, exactly. And the game dev requires you to be super creative and create something unique, which uh, it's not the same case for most of the industry and most of the other fields of the UX design because like most because you're when you're designing like a web page or uh, application, you need to follow certain rules and standards to like not scare the user basically. Uh, but games, you you can expand that. You can have a very unique approach to everything. It's a unlimited uh, amount of creativity, uh, and like you can, uh, you know, uh, create something that it's never it, uh, never was invented before. So uh, this is this is actually on the other hand, this is a very positive and yeah, I uh, think interesting like, side. That's actually something that's easier in the game industry but because honestly if you're like creative mind and you need to create something and come up with something new with the constraints it's really hard to just uh fit into them and if you like don't have any constraints and you're like free to go and can just create what you like to imagine that's a really fun thing to do yeah yeah because basically uh bigger amount of, uh, biggest amount of fun in the games are the learning process. So uh, this is what ma makes uh, games fun because you learn something new and there are like challenges that test out your skill in this newly learned skill. Mm. And when you uh, successfully overcome those challenges, that's the fun part of the game. So you I can like... always learn something new to play. <laughs> I like your comparison. like. Creating a game is a game in itself. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're saying. So that's really cool. If you like the game, it's obvious you should create a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like the, the game developers are the most hardcore gamers, you know, because <laughs> they're like willing to take a lot of challenges and they are actually like looking for it uh, in the real life. That's why they become a gamer, you know, because it's mm -hmm. something that's they're always creating uh, new challenges. So, yeah, yeah and uh, because of this learning part, you can actually uh, tutorialize everything in the game and teach players and make it even as part of a challenge. Like mm. uh, this game, uh, Near Automata, this game uh, has UI as one of the gameplay elements. So, like, basically, uh, you are this uh, Android that uh, have the slots, uh, different slots of ability, and UI is one of those uh, abilities. So you can like mess around with the UI by yourself as a player because like you find this uh, powerful weapon, so you sacrifice part of your UI because you have limited space for this equi equipment. So you're willing to sacrifice your UI to have a powerful weapon. So, 
and That's the game teaches, yeah yeah that and the game uh, teach that to players so the, they learn through it and they get comfortable around it and play around with it nice really cool stuff um okay so once we discovered a little more about the industry i wanted because like to get a job in ux it's a pretty straightforward thing you need to create a portfolio that's the most important part and then just apply for a jobs uh what about game industry how should your portfolio look like or do you even need to have a portfolio yeah definitely for uh for ui ux design you definitely need a portfolio uh to show uh different experiences that you created uh based on the pillars of the game like if you're like working on different games so that's the important part because uh, uh i'm sharing my experience uh, of like hiring ux ui ux designer for our project for example so we have a lot of ui designers without any experience on the game so and they all fail uh because they can't uh, meet up with the requirements uh, that the gameplay and the game design part of the game needs. So uh, yeah, they're like very good UI designers for web and applications. But uh, what we are looking for is, yeah, a good UI designer, but person that understand games, person that understand the whole experience that games create. So basically, uh game ux designers uh, need to be able to analyze the games and uh the targeted experience of the game and uh build something to elevate that so if we are creating the game about uh, being a hunter so the ux designer should uh always consider this in every element in the game like in the hud and in like uh the menus or even the game uh, can be super simple and doesn't have menus. So, for example, the way that the animals move in the game and their animations should be in the way that the shooting part of the game, that uh, you need to shoot that animal, uh, create a very good experience in the way that, for example, the turning animations of those animals shouldn't be like sudden because this is a way that game designer doesn't care about this yeah he cares like or she cares but uh not in the very uh, detailed level animators just create a walking animation and uh programmers just implement uh rotation so nobody nobody here like uh, taking care of like exactly the timing and smoothness of turning of animals in the way that when you targeting them if they're like changing the direction you're gonna miss it but it's not your fault as a player it's because there is no turning animations for the animals so you can predict that and you can like adjust your aiming so ux designer job here is to uh, pay attention to these parts uh above paying attention to a whole UI and HUD part of the game. So, uh, yeah, for portfolio, definitely uh, you need to somehow uh, have a proof that you know this stuff. Uh, so, and that comes with the uh, different experience with the different projects that you have. So if it's like a mobile game and you want to work like a, in a AAA studio, it's not translate because mobile games are usually like apps. Uh, they are UI heavy. They are not UX heavy. Uh, they are not gameplay heavy. So, uh, so we when we see that a guy portfolio is like only mobile games, and we are looking for somebody to work as a, like a UX designer in a third person hack and slash game. Uh, it's not going to be our best candidate. So suggesting to at least trying to, for example, analyzing different games in different genre and in your portfolio, having like an example or improve the existing game UI or UX. This is one of the best way that you can create your portfolio. Like to choose a game and find where they 
went wrong in the UI and UX and try to redesign it, at least like, you know, having a very uh, simple presentation of it and uh, add it in your portfolio. So this way we know, oh, okay, so you understand how UX works in games and you have a pretty good idea to how to fix uh, the existing game that's suffering from uh, UX uh, design issues. Mm, yeah, I think that's another part where the UX and the gaming uh, is becoming the one. So we always encourage to try to start your portfolio, start like create your first case study yeah. based on the redesign of the thing. But I'm curious because we in the UX industry and UX app industry, we have some apps that are constantly being redesigned, such as Netflix and I don't know, WhatsApp. So, and it's getting pretty boring because everyone is doing the same thing and putting it in the portfolio. Is there anything like this in a portfolio for a game designer that they should avoid to do? Yeah. Like, uh, we also have like live games, uh, the online games that, uh, we call it, uh, live, uh, ops, uh, like for example, destiny Two. uh, if I can, uh, mention that, uh, is a game that is alive for like five, six years already. And for me as one of the players of this, uh, this game, I played like five years ago and then like three years ago and now, and I can see that the UI is constantly changing. Uh, basically because especially in games, you're again, I'm coming back to what I said that you're inventing new things and doing something that uh, no other games did before. So you are not certain about the, the whole experience of the things that you design. So basically you start with this, uh, pillar or with this goal you just had a ui and ux design that meet that goal and then when you release it and give feedback from the players and or from your analytic data as you see that okay players are suffering to understanding some part of the game that you never cared about because it wasn't part of the pillars of the game but it's actually affecting the whole player's experience like for example the game doesn't have a very good onboarding uh, and the fun starts like after 10 hours and the onboarding took like 10 hours. And when the onboarding is not fun, the onboarding is not clear. The players doesn't have very good experience. So they're going to stop playing. They're, ne they're never going to get to the point that they enjoy the game. Or there are a lot of players that spend a uh, very little amount of time on the game or like daily or weekly. Uh, so, but you basically design your game for the players that play the whole game or complete the game, uh, which is very small amount of uh, your target audience. The biggest amount of your target audience playing your game for like, I don't know, the first 20% of it. So that's uh, uh, where usually designers went wrong. So they design for the whole duration, but they miss that they need to actually uh, immerse the players that only engage in the first 20% of the game or in the onboarding or even like uh, making tutorial fun more uh, and more uh, engaging and more interesting, which they usually they design the tutorials at the end of the uh, production. Uh, but uh, this is actually like a good approach because that, that's when you know the importance of the game. But there are a lot of... Uh, game projects that design tutorial in the beginning of the production and then just go crazy with other features and uh, which makes players to doesn't understand how the game works at the end. Hmm. Yeah, I think, again, that's another similarity. So people are tend to focus on things that they just like to do. So like designing the whole experience and so on and just like the onboarding is really boring to create let's just forget about it and that's the same thing applies to ux and apps so there are certain things like accessibility edge cases empty states which are like just <clears throat> you need to do them and they're pretty can be pretty boring but they are necessary to develop create app 
that will be working for everyone. So that's a good point. Uh, but I wanted to I get back question. to the... Sorry. I have a okay, question related ahead. to these these games. I was like, is there any game that you would say to people, do not touch this? Like, <laughs> this is this is this there, this has nothing to be to get better. Don't touch this because you're gonna get into the black hole and you're never gonna get out. So you know, any game that is like really good that people should never try to redesign. Yeah, it's exactly that. That's it because. Uh, to give you some perspective, uh, let's say there is something that's called Amazon. I know you are you probably familiar with it. And that's a really, um, most of the young designers are trying to improve Amazon website. And that's like, they're like just shooting themselves in the knee with, with it because they have tons of UX case studies and tons of research a database of billions of customers so they know what they're doing. And like young designer with one month of experience trying to move boxes and say like, this is better because it looks nicer or something like this. So the question is, is there something like it in the game industry? Hmm. There is a, it's a very tough question. Uh, hmm. So there are things uh, that are in, games for a lot of time already, like for more than like 10, 20 years. One of them are like skill trees, like RPG games have this skill tree that you grow in the skills, you get gain the skill points and uh, you spend those skill points to gain new skills. So this is something that some games perfected it and a lot of a lot of other games actually following those, uh, let's say, perfect uh, examples. Uh, and yeah, like this is this is one of the things that is there. Or uh, crafting is something that recently starts to to be part of a lot of games. And uh, some games actually have a very good UI UX experience uh, on the crafting side. Uh, but I can't actually, I, this, this is super hard for me to actually point out to some games and say, okay, this is like working fine completely. Mm. Don't change anything about it because, uh, even in the examples that I'm comfortable with, I can see that some people's are not that comfortable with working with the UI, or I see myself that the developers change something that, uh, I'm not sure why they make it even like worse sometimes, but uh, I think for games is somehow personal this this type mm. of thing. So uh, there is this threshold of being like good enough, and then after that threshold, it becomes personal uh, and depends on how much uh, you played uh, different games in the same genre. So. You, do you have like a knowledge about how crafting in general works in video games? And then you, when you see like a very good UI or UX, uh, you're going to be like, okay, it's like super uh, understandable and clear. But maybe for somebody that uh, never played a crafting game, that UI UX can be super complex. So uh, yeah, this is this is part of the games that makes it a little tricky, basically. Mm, okay. So but, uh, the what I can say is that knowing your target audience, you can always develop something perfect for your target audience, and you can not care about the people that outside of that target audience. Okay. Yeah. So for all of the junior or like the interns in the game industry. Don't try to redesign a skill tree or like craft uh, functionalities from, I don't know, The Last of Us, for example, or maybe I'm wrong, but I think they're pretty good. No, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're not wrong. The thing is that yeah. in, in games you can, uh, or you should always uh, copy the good examples. This is, this is how we designers work. Like, we just see a game, play a game, and we found that, okay, they did 
this part uh, very good. So let's just copy paste it. And we can add our unique part of gameplay on top of it or around it. Mm. And this thing happens a lot. Like, and it's just normal. And this is why the game design and the games are growing and advancing because they are not repeating the same mistake or not going through the same process of decision-making. You need to understand why it's working. This is a very crucial point here. You need to exactly know why that game, uh, for example, combat system working super well, uh, not just like blindly copy and paste it. So this is also a very uh, important point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 clears a lot. So uh, similarly, don't design a login and sign up onboardings or like functionalities similar to that into the UX in the UX industry. They're just you have pattern that you stick to, and there's nothing innovative about it. Just don't don't touch it. Create something or redesign something different. That's the lesson that we should take from this. Um, okay, um, cool. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think we talked about engines on our previous uh, discussion. So they're important. They're not necessary. They're not necessity. Necess necessities, <laughs> Jesus. But they're like important to know. Well, it depends the scale of the company that you want to work in. Uh, if you're going to work at a super big company, maybe not that much because your uh, job description is very clear. But uh, on, in the studio, definitely you need to know <laughs> engines. You need to be hands-on. You need to like do a lot of stuff by yourself. Uh, even in AA studios, uh, and it's a very big plus Like you can improve the project. You can, uh, not, uh, you know, take a lot of times from different people for even like simplest things. So you can help the production. You can, uh, speed up your iteration process. You can just easily test something out because, uh, as I said, like you're, uh, developing in this uncertainty and this void, basically. So, uh, if you're hands-on an engine, you can easily like test out your ideas and not waiting for some programmers to get free from uh, his task or her task and you know help you out. Uh, yeah. So, I'm saying it's almost necessary <laughs> to know engine. Yeah. <laughs> I would ask. Um... What, like, if I'm new at this and I don't know where to start, which engine should, should I go first? You know, Unity, Unreal Engine, there are so many there. So, like, which one should I go? Yeah, this is the first one I'm starting with this one. And then I go up. Uh, it's, this is something that is keep changing over the past few years. Like, for some years, Unity is the one that everybody goes to, and recently Unreal is something that everybody goes to. Right now, I must say uh, Unreal. Uh, it's it has a lot of tools. Uh, Unity is a simpler engine to develop games because uh, it's C sharp. Uh, it's easier to code uh, different aspect of the game inside the engine, uh, and it's the the whole let's say the UI of the engine is also uh, very clear, uh, less complex than Unreal. But on the other hand, Unreal has a lot of tools and features already implemented in the engine that you can just easily create. Uh, let's say some simple uh, implementation like you can just easily uh, have your UI or UX or any other aspect of the game. Uh, for Unity, you need to actually develop a lot of uh, stuff about your game. In Unreal, it has a lot of things already implemented, and you can just use them. And right now, as far as I know, like most of the AA and AAA studios are uh, using Unreal. 
uh, Unity for indie games definitely it's faster to develop uh, and uh, the optimization doesn't take a lot of time compared to Unreal because the, uh, the language that Unity uh, use the C sharp it's uh, have its own optimization and garbage collector and things like that which in Unreal doesn't so yeah, you can mess up a lot of things in Unreal <laughs> and yeah but uh but yeah like double a triple a unreal you should know and if the, the studio has uh their own engine they usually following the same principles as uh, unreal mm, got it makes sense and again i'm always trying to uh put ux industry into perspective Honestly, it doesn't matter on this one, on which you, where you start, but Figma is probably the place you should go. And that's a small notice uh, for this one. Mm, yeah, okay. The, the thing is that before like, going to engine, uh, it's same. Like, doesn't matter if it's like a game or product or web page, or, like the, the steps and the way that you approach the UI and UX. Uh, doesn't matter which tools you're using, so you can use whatever you're uh, comfortable exactly. with. So, yeah. yeah, principles are the key, and then yeah. tools you can figure out afterwards. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then I think we've covered it all. Ayesha, what do you think? Do you have any more questions for our Nariman? Because I think I've learned yeah, I have, a lot. I have a couple more questions, um, and um, I think just about like your work day how would it go you know what what do you start doing what are your first tasks you know how do you go on a day on a day a day into a, a ux game designer how would it be okay so because uh right now i'm a gameplay designer so uh i'm not directly uh, involving with the ux that much ux ui but let me give an example from when I was a UX lead designer in Junior of Morta. That's maybe that's uh, more uh, in sync with this session. So, okay. Uh, let's say that we record a new UI. So this, this is things that happens with one of the DLCs. So we figure out the whole UI of the game, like the, the principle and the, the, the whole like graphic and everything. So, but we need to just add a new uh, UI. So basically uh, what I do like from the morning is just start to like sketch some UI uh, like on the paper basically uh, to see like uh, what my uh, mind image on paper looks like basically so this is like quitting i try to like when i have it on the paper i try to like play it like you know like see okay these men are gonna pop up somewhere and so iterate on the paper and then uh sharing it with uh my fellow designer uh to see if i covering everything if i see everything or not then uh we like talk about it adjusted it from different perspectives and then uh, implement it in Figma, show it to uh, my uh, UI programmer, uh, which uh, knows like how different systems connect to each other or what's the limitation on different parts or animations. So I talk to him and most probably also would involve uh, my graphic designer uh, and we just talk it through, decide about uh, how it's going to be. And yeah, and then uh, I basically create tasks for uh, the programmer and for artists to uh, develop different parts of it and different assets. And then just waiting for them to come back to me with a lot of questions and uh 
worries basically <laughs> like this things happens like the after like working on it the artist gonna come back and tell me that okay so you know what like the way that the animation working in this ui uh makes it uh super costly or time consuming or the programmers gonna tell me that okay we don't have this kind of feature in the engine and i need to level the development from the scratch so what's your alternative so yeah and this iteration basically goes for few days until we have something in the engine that we can actually use so yeah like mostly this kind of process that uh, in few days that i have and a lot of times that i need to like get back to the drawing board and start over like because you know we do found a blockage or we found something like oh shit like these things not gonna work at all and i need to like develop something new like your programmers telling me that okay but what about that aspect and then i i'm like oh i forget about that completely and that one can change everything there is no space for it so yeah okay let's redesign the whole thing I think it, it, it's kind of similar with what, what we've talked in the past, Yarek, about UX itself, that like going back to pen and paper, you know, never forgetting to go back to pen and paper because, you know, you can get your ideas so much more organized. And I think kind of like you can draw a parallel there as well. Agree. Agree. <laughs> Uh, and I have a last question. This is something that we always do. We've always do in, in like our previous episodes is like what to avoid when, especially when starting in this career, you know, what should I, what should I not do? What should I not uh, design? What steps should I not take? You know, uh, not getting feedback soon on your work, basically is you should avoid it like you need to involve other designers game designers programmers and all artists even in earlier stages uh and uh avoid testing out uh your ui ux even super early uh with uh people that are not that close to the whole thing. So they're like having a fresh idea or fresh mind. Uh, these are like super serious. Uh, and don't scare of like copying other games. Basically, you should do that <laughs> always. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's like not copying like art assets, basically, but <laughs> you're gonna violate the copyright, but uh, the, the design or design uh, decisions. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, and everything that's relating to getting feedback from different people, like whatever uh, way that you choose to have that, like, because it depends on the whole, like, uh structure of the team the studio and the project and is different but always get feedback always get feedback yeah i think that's <clears throat> another thing that we can apply to the ux world because there's that's the one thing that probably most of the designers are forgetting about is the feedbacks and i think and what's cool about it if you do it properly and you just try to consult most of your decisions with another person is that like the quality will grow not linearly but like like this so it was like exponentially. two people working exponentially exactly two people working on the same uh, project like getting feedback from each other won't get two times better but will get four times better product and that's one thing that it's really, really important to talk to people and get feedback from. It's not like you're not working in a box. I know when we are working remotely, it's probably you have this feeling all over uh, day by day, but you need to constantly figure out how to meet with people and try to get as many feedback sessions as possible. Yeah, uh, something that I can add, just I remember, is that what people means is not always what exactly happening in especially in ux of the game so 
you need to like see what is behind it. Like uh, I gave you the example of this hunting game of like animals turning. So basically, what people's gonna tell you is that I can't like aim. Uh, I can aim, aim and shoot animals. So it doesn't mean that the aiming has problems. Uh, but you need to like go deeper and see uh, what's behind it that makes the player feel this way. So yeah, don't don't accept the exact phrasing as a problem. Investigate, always investigate, and always uh, use surveys basically to ask questions about different things. Nice, very nice. Do you have anything to add? Yarek, anything you want to say? Ask. I think I've learned a lot. I will consider yeah. the game industry. <laughs> yeah, we, it's, it seems I, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I can offer you uh, the position that we are looking for, you know, you're, and you're already in Poland, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a plus. <laughs> okay, we you got a job, to... Yarek. <laughs> we will cut it out. Yeah, we will cut it out. Not in you got a job, Yarek. Soon. <laughs> I would say I, I I would love to work with game, the gaming industry. Like it's so much fun, honestly. Like I, I it's something that I always had Maybe in mind. Maybe you shouldn't say that on the podcast or at yeah. our company, at our UX innovation company. No, but I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe in the future, Bonanza will. I don't know. Who know? We never know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? But yeah, I mean, it's something that. It, it always stays in the back of my mind, you know, because like here in my house, we play a lot. So, and we we are always, you know, looking into YouTube and, you know, the reviews and people play and streaming and what's coming next and what are the games coming the year. So we're always like very tuned into the industry itself. So I always keep like, it would be so fun to work with it because it's something that it's a part of my life daily. So it's like it would be fun to have it like on the work side as well. So, but yeah, overall, like I'm I'm passionate about the gaming. So anything that I can learn about it helps me. It's like it's fun. Um, anyway, thank you again, Narman, for joining us and for all this explanation. I think it it made it much clearer uh, the direction people need to take and. Like the steps that you need to take if they want to dive into this industry, this super fun and exciting industry and keeps moving, it keeps changing, like you said. Uh, but yeah, I think it's super accessible and there is a path for anyone that wants to join. Um, and I would like to say to our audience, if you have any questions, you feel free to join us on our Discord channel and you can drop the questions there and we'll be happy to answer or even source Nariman for, for more answers if you'd like. Um, uh, and we'll see you next episode. Not, I mean, not you, unfortunately, Nariman, but I'll see our audience on the next episode. Uh, we'll have much more coming this season. Uh, thanks again, everyone, and bye-bye.